You're listening to Resurrection Life Podcast with your host, Father Steve Matson and Richard Budd, the podcast of the Church of the Resurrection in Lansing, Michigan. In today's episode, we talk about the St. Vincent de Paul Society. We hear a reflection on the question, do I really want to be a saint? And we listen to a classical guitar piece by Francisco Taraga, Capriccio Aribe, played by Kyler McGillicuddy. Welcome to Resurrection Life Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Resurrection Life Podcast. This is your host, Richard Budd, and with me as always... Father Steve. How are you doing, Father? I'm doing well. I uh, just got back from vacation, and uh, that was a great time away. How was Bud Fest? Bud Fest was great. Uh, we we kind of stayed a little bit local, but we did um, the Detroit Zoo one day, mm-hmm. and we did um, Hawk Island Park Splash Pad. Okay. Uh, new thing we did not know about this. Uh, discovered it. Took the kids over there on a ninety-five degree day. It was a blast. Oh yeah, we're, you, we're, you, we're going back. You will not have to wait till next Bud Fest. No, I, okay. they, Maureen has already brought the kids on a separate time when I was at work, and she said <laughs> we all had fun, but we all agreed it was more fun with Dad. So we're going to we're going to go back. And uh, we have a guest with us today, uh, Mr. Dan Dowsett. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rich. Glad yeah. to be here. Glad to have you be a part of. Rich and I were talking uh, probably a month ago, and, and just thinking that it would be helpful for us to talk about how uh, we are ministering to the poor in our community. And I'm grateful that you've been at the helm at, at St. Vincent de Paul. I, I can't remember how many years it, it's been. Now, it's going on three years now. Three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that. And uh, uh, we're we're interested. I think some people in the in the listening audience may not know what St. Vincent de Paul uh, Society does, and uh, maybe you could just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. And there's a little confusion in our community because of the St. Vincent de Paul Center, or, I mean... Uh, the store. Catholic the, Charities. And, oh, Catholic, Catholic Charities. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, Catholic Charities, right. And also the store. So maybe just talk a little bit about St. Vincent de Paul Society. And, yeah, sure. Uh, St. Vincent de Paul is a, a lay organization that uh, encourages people to work to uh, help the uh, the needy in our area, to help the poor. Um, in uh, our specific situation, uh, we are kind of like a, a two-headed organization where we have uh, we have a relationship with the Greater Lansing Food Bank at this time. So we offer um, services for with uh, uh, various needs that our neighbors have, along with uh, the ability to get food at our location. So the St. Vincent de Paul Society, um, what is this? How did it get formed? Um, what's its role in the church? Uh, can you just give us a little kind of broad history of what this society is? Uh, well, of course, uh, uh, it was formed by uh, St. Vincent de Paul many years ago. And uh, it was uh, with the intention to serve those that were struggling. Um, it's uh, the um, organization is uh, universal, and it's uh, broken down by um, um, uh, regional areas. There's uh, conferences, uh, which we are. Uh, there's a council, which encompasses uh, the diocesan geographical location. 
Uh, we have uh, a which region. is kind of interesting. The first time I experienced uh, the St. Vincent Paul Society, the local is the conference. Yes, but it the, doesn't. The, the larger entity is the is the council, yeah. which which is uh, counterintuitive. To it me, is in, indeed. In, in yeah. any case, yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Um, it took me a while to get used to that. There's there's also a regional uh, group, which uh, is a board, a panel that uh, uh, works with uh, numerous conferences, and uh, and then uh, the diocese, of course. In, in this region, uh, in the diocesan region, there are 17 conferences. And so, uh, hence the, um, the regional helps with groups of the 17 in our area. So, um, it's conference, not yep. council. <laughs> I mean, we have the conference in our parish. Correct. And is it, uh, is it um, like a men's fraternity type organization or is the women involved as well? Like uh, what is membership kind of made up of? I think generally in the beginning it was uh, primarily men. Uh, it has morphed into uh, uh, women being involved. Uh, interestingly, I found some records when we were uh, doing our anniversary here at Resurrection and uh, I found uh, um, through the help of Catherine, there was a um, Catherine uh, Reed. Catherine Reed, who was working on on our uh, history, I found a notebook which um, included notes from the women of Saint Vincent getting together, and at that time it was extremely active in this parish, and there were about fifty women that got together once a month for a luncheon, and they would discuss how they would help the men mm. uh, work with the the poor in the area. Now it's more integrated where we all work together doing the same jobs, and uh, so we welcome everybody to be part of it. Okay. Uh, just for clarity, what is the relationship between our conference and the St. Vincent de Paul store on the south? So we, one of the things that we do is we uh, offer vouchers. So we would, um, if, if somebody comes in, for instance, and they need furniture, we would write a voucher and we would put a dollar amount on that. And that's where the store comes in. That's where, uh, I mean, there, there's a much bigger role for the council, but our council just happens to be the St. Vincent store located on South Washington. And so one of their roles is to um, collect goods from donations from the community and then when we give a voucher to somebody with a, a dollar amount, that person takes it to the store, and then the employees at the store uh, help them spend that voucher for the goods that they need. So is this just a store that um, people in need, the poor, go to, or could anybody shop? Anybody can go to it. Uh, in, in the case where it's affiliated with our conference, then we essentially give them a voucher that turns into money. Mm -hmm. The other thing that the uh, council does, we have monthly meetings, and uh, we get together with as many of, of those 17 uh, conferences that show up to share what they're doing. Uh, oftentimes, a conference will specialize in a certain charity, mm. and so uh, there might be... Um, uh, a, a conference that has a bed ministry, for instance, or has a baby ministry or diaper ministry. 
And so we will get together once a month and we will share what's going on in our conference as well as get a monthly report from the council on how uh, they're doing financially and so forth. So do you guys like work together? Like let's say you have somebody come in and they've got young children. Maybe you don't do the diaper ministry, but you could send them, you know, one town over to get diapers or they bring them over. Do you guys enter work together like that? Or We do. Okay. Um, for instance, uh, St. Gerard has a car ministry oh. and they specialize in that. And a gentleman by the name of George Volman is the president there. And George was in the in the um, um, selling cars for years. There used to be a uh, he had a dealership, and so that's his passion. And so, uh, as you can imagine, that would be a little more expensive uh, item to get for somebody. So what George will do is he'll he will. Uh, ask other conferences to join in. So, for instance, if he were to find somebody a, a $10,000 vehicle, um, he would reach out to other conferences to say, would you like to partner with us in this purchase of this vehicle to help get transportation together for this family? So there's a lot of uh, uh, circumstances like that. I'm going to be in the market for a new car, so maybe I should go. Well, I, I think one of the things I've, I've loved uh, about St. Vincent de Paul is that you actually get to know the people who are coming in. It isn't just uh, panhandlers, or there is a sense of they have to come and, and um, talk to you about their situation and... I don't know how often you do, but I know that there have been visits to homes just to see the living conditions so that you actually have a little better perspective on how best to help them because we don't always know what's most helpful to us, right? Right, exactly. So uh, unfortunately, you do have people that are coming in that may not actually need the help or uh, they're... Uh, used to the system, so to speak. So they're working various charitable organizations. Uh, so uh, we do, on occasion, we uh, go out to homes. Um, our, we we could use more personnel to help us do that, and I that's the ideal situation. Uh, it's um, I've been out to homes, and oftentimes neighbors are embarrassed by you coming into their home. Be they, they have absolutely, you might walk into a situation where they have absolutely nothing. Uh, for an example, I, I went to uh, talk to a gentleman a couple of weeks ago, and he had two chairs in his main living area. Uh, and uh, so if anybody else would have been with us, there would have been you know no place to sit. Uh, I've heard people sitting on the floor and uh, vetting a person's situation or getting to know what they need. And uh, so in, in many circumstances, we will have people come to us. Um, sure. if, we have, if we have the time and the um, staff, then we will go to them. But um, uh, we, we try to minimize the people who are, quote, working the system mm-hmm. and... Uh, because you want your resources to go to the people that truly need the help. That's right. Yeah, and I want to. I want to just thank the, the parish community for their generous support of St. Vincent de Paul through the envelopes and, and their ongoing giving, and uh, the 
Simply Give program. I don't know if we've got, do we have a Simply Give partnership event coming up? Do you know? Uh, It'll be a few months from now. That is extremely helpful. And what the Simply Give program allows us to do is purchase uh, items, food items through a partnership with the uh, Meyer organization. Uh, And they're very generous. Uh, As you know, or maybe you remember from the past when uh, that program is happening, we usually have a 30-day period for parishioners to participate. So they would make a donation. And Meyer is generous in that if that's made on a, a, a specific day, they will double that. So they so, match it, uh, except these double days, they'll, they'll give it two for one. So. Yeah, so a $10 donation can turn into $30. Yeah. Uh, usually it's the Lake Lansing. Is that always It's always the, the Lake, Lake Lansing. Lansing. Yeah, it has to be a specific location. Uh, I talked to, at one of our monthly meetings, I talked to... Uh, um, uh, woman that runs the Sherlock conference and and they're involved in that program what they do is they ask for donations to be given directly to them and uh uh after masses or at their location and then they go and buy and then they take it on the double day so they parlay their ten thousand dollars or whatever they get into 30 I think that's... That's a great idea, right? That is a great idea. Yeah, that's what we'll be doing next time. (laughs) And and I I think it's wonderful the the kind of response that the people in the parish have given. I think it's because of the the credibility that you and and your fellow Vincentians... Uh, Speaking of of additional help, uh, what are the sorts of things that uh, that volunteers would be asked to do and... uh, if you had enough volunteers, are there things that you've had in the back of your mind? We'd love to be able to do this, uh, but we're not. We're not doing it right now. Yeah. Uh, as we we talked about the uh, going into the house, and I think an important facet of this uh, charity is to develop relationships with the people that we're helping, as opposed to a one-time, we will give you X amount of dollars. And then we don't see you again. So I think that uh, on the wish list, it would be people that are willing to uh, go out into the community, go out to uh, have an assignment to work with a specific household, and and not just a one-time shot, but to develop a relationship. Because I, I think what's happening now is we're simply giving them the material goods we're helping them and what we need to do is share our faith and we can do that by developing a, a bigger relationship so i think with more volunteers we could put that together um, there's also jobs to be done on a regular basis uh, we're open three days a week and so there's phone calls to be made uh, there's um, talking to people when they come in uh, collecting the proper uh, information that we need to help somebody. Um, and then uh, we would like to eventually um, phase away from the uh, Greater Lansing Food Bank mm-hmm. uh, and purchase all of our uh, food needs. And so we are currently looking for uh, people that are willing to shop mm. for our specific Yeah, I, th- I think what that will allow us to do, uh, at least based on earlier conversations, is is to have it be a more spiritual event mm-hmm. uh, for the, the... So 
if, if we're using uh, state-funded or federal-funded uh, yes. entities, uh, we've got some restrictions in terms of, of the way that, that we have to interact. And, and I think being freed up from that based on the, the generosity, but your point is well taken, that we can have the simply give dollars, but if we don't have people who are willing to go and shop, uh, that would be so. That would not be necessarily during the normal time, or may, or would it? No, we have a volunteer uh, right now, uh, Heidi Stoll, that goes out and she shops for us. We'll give her a list, and she fits that into her uh, schedule whenever it works for her. Yeah, and then yeah. she can get into the location. And um, so. well, I know at one point we had talked about um, if we had sufficient volunteers to be able to have some evening hours. Right now it's during the, the day, Yes. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and maybe just save the hours uh, that, yep. that the store is. So it's very limited hours store, right now. Yeah. Uh, we're there on Monday and Friday from 10 to 11, and Wednesdays from 1 to 3, and we have uh, meetings uh, for the, the volunteers um, on the first and third Wednesday. And oftentimes we're, we end up being there a little longer. And uh, on those uh, uh, one-hour days, we have people come in and take phone calls. Like today, we have a couple volunteers that, that come in, and they go in early so that they can call uh, people back that have left a message and prepare them to come in during that time frame that we're open. Yeah, just uh, speaking of contacting uh, the St. Vincent de Paul, you, we're open Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and uh, if they want to uh, call uh, to, you know, find out about volunteering, or if they have people or they themselves have need, what would be the number that they would call? That's five one seven three seven one forty three eighty. And uh, what's the address? It's right across the street from the church. Yep, it's it's 1454 East Michigan, directly across from the Church of the and Resurrection. And right next to Jerusalem Bakery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd like to shift gears just very slightly. Uh, there's the, the very important aspect of the the corporal works of mercy, you know, making sure people have the material needs that they, that we satisfy the material needs that people have. But what about the spiritual needs? We talked a little bit about getting into the homes and talking to people. Um, and I'm thinking about on the two different sides, like what does the society do, if anything, um, for the spiritual growth of their volunteers and members? And then what do we do for the people that come to us? How do we preach the gospel? Well, for the volunteers, we uh, we gather uh, with each meeting. We, we gather and we uh, start with prayers. And uh, some of those are rope prayers that we, we do. And uh, we allow people to uh, offer the prayers that they need. And then we always end a meeting with, with prayers. And, uh, and uh, as well as our monthly meetings, uh, we have a deacon there and and we always uh, take the uh, spiritual aspect into consideration. Um, for me, a, a story I remember when I when I first uh, started this, I I said to my dear wife Luann, I I'm just I'm I'm just trying to uh, uh, learn charity. Uh, I was having a tough time with with some of the uh, recipients, and I said I just want to learn charity, and she informed me. That uh, that charity is not learned. My my, uh, the, she's my greatest catechist. 
She said it's a virtue based on divine faith or in belief in God's revealed truth and is not acquired by mere human effort. And I said, oh, I don't Okay, great. I'm glad to know that. But how do I, I don't get know some? If I, I don't know if I can remember that. And she said, love God above all things. Do you think you can remember that? <laughs> and I, I can believe that she said that. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it is extremely important for us to work from a charitable heart. And I remember Chuck Lott saying, he was the former president, I, I get on my knees before I come here each time, and I ask God to give me a heart of charity, not of judgment. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's a great practice. And uh, as far as uh, the recipients, um, I like to uh, uh, just pray with them based on their situation. Um, we're in a, a space right now which is a little more difficult than our previous space because of the acoustics. Um, and there are cards available with specific prayers on them for uh, when we wrap up helping somebody. But our goal is to share our faith, and it's amazing how often recipients are so happy that that is part of it. Mm. Uh, you know, we will, we will always say to somebody, do you mind if I pray with you before you leave? And so often people will be, oh, please, please do that. And one of the things I think we, we want to be able to do, and I think there's been some handing off of people from the St. Vincent de Paul uh, Society to our healing ministry here, just dealing with people at that, that spiritual level. So that sense that, that this is, it's not a parish-based ministry. It's a separate organization, mm-hmm. but we are in partnership with you. We support you financially. Volunteers come from the parish. And then we also want to figure out ways for us to come alongside. There have been some needs that individuals have had that have gone beyond what you are typically giving. And so we from the parish have, have matched or added yes. on to the, the level. Because some people, they get into deep trouble. And if you uh, have a sense that they're able to, uh, if they get out of the, the, the hole, that they're able to sustain. What we don't want to do is just throw good money after bad. Absolutely. And so that, I, that's, I appreciate the, the wisdom and the experience of St. Vincent de Paul. And, and obviously, uh, we want to care for the whole person. The yes. body and the soul. Yeah. And so I'm grateful for that. And um, I hope that we'll be able to get to the place uh, that we can pull back from the food bank so mm-hmm. that we can actually be more full-throated Catholic in our outreach and ministry. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So if somebody was listening to this and they were, were kind of inspired or uh, intrigued by uh, what we've been talking about, the ministry that happens, um, how would they get involved? Just give a call, and we'll see where we have a, the biggest need. Uh, and uh, as I stated earlier, I think the home visits are very important. I'd like to get back to those. Uh, COVID was a mm. big interruption to that. And ideally, we'd have, uh, as Jesus says, two by two. Mm-hmm. So those Absolutely. visits would not, you wouldn't be going in by yourself, right? Um, but you'd have somebody else with you. Yep, and there, there, there's uh, training available uh, from the um, council, 
And so uh, everybody can be well prepared. Uh, it can be a little bit scary going out there in the trenches. And uh, so we, we do train people and I'm more than willing to work with anybody that would like to volunteer. All right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for your leadership and for uh, uh, share these uh, words of gratitude to the other volunteers. And uh, let's keep praying for the church's outreach through St. Vincent de Paul and other ways uh, to meeting the, the least of these in our community. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. All right. God bless. Whether we get into heaven or not depends on how perfect we are. Anyone who is not perfect would not survive in that rarefied atmosphere. In the following reflection from Sean O'Neill, we talk about how we can at last become holy enough to get into heaven. Do I really want to be a saint? If you read the accounts of the lives of the saints and are inspired by them, it can give you a yearning for that kind of sanctity. It can make you wish that you were holy enough to have ecstasies, to work miracles, to bilocate and levitate while praying. You read stories of the consolation these saints had in prayer, of visions and apparitions, of battles with demons, of the stigmata and so on. So the question is, despite all my efforts, why am I still not holy? Why is it my own prayer is so dry and flat? Where is my share of the heavenly delights that the saints experienced? Let's consider what obstacles there are to becoming a saint. First of all, I have to ask myself the question, do I really want to be a saint? The answer is not as obvious as it might at first appear. Perhaps what we're really prepared to settle for is spending a few years in the penitentiary of purgatory. Maybe we're not really prepared to do what it takes to get to heaven. Maybe it's our commitment that's part of the problem. Another obstacle to becoming a saint is our attachments. In his book, The Fulfilment of All Desire, Ralph Martin maps out the path to holiness as portrayed in the writings of several doctors of the church. The journey begins by rooting out mortal sin from our lives. We then eradicate venial sins, and lastly we remove from our lives any attachments that we have. Attachments are things or people in our lives which are not sinful, but which we are not prepared to give up in order to give ourselves wholeheartedly to God. It may be that God is not actually asking us to give up these things, but if he did, are we prepared to choose him instead of his creatures? Many of us may prefer to straddle the world and the kingdom of God, to try to pursue holiness, but also hang on to our personal preferences, our pet enjoyments, and what we like to think of as innocent pastimes. But God wants us entirely to himself. He will endure no rivals to his reign over our lives and he wants us to surrender completely to him. That level of surrender can only be achieved if we have a life of prayer that we pursue regularly. God does want to lavish his riches on us in prayer, 
But of course, he can't do that if we don't really spend much time in his presence. It's also necessary for us to remove from our lives anything that is a bad influence. That includes relationships, unhealthy entertainments, and what we consume online. But you might well ask, if I get rid of all these things in my life that draw me away from my relationship with God, or even just distract me from my spiritual life, what can I put in their place? Well, one thing we can do is feed ourselves with what is healthy and what tends to support or enhance our life of faith. That might include reading or watching biographies of the saints, reading books that help us orient our lives to heaven, and studying scripture. We can also find community with other like-minded Christians, attend Mass as often as we can, and go to confession regularly. All these measures are useful to level the playing field, as it were, but they still don't guarantee holiness. What these steps do is prepare the ground for the Lord to perfect us. There is no amount of effort on our part that will make us saints. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in us that makes us holy. All we can do is cooperate with his action in our lives by trying to surrender to the Lord. One of the ways in which the Lord can heal our damaged psyche and wean us from a life of sin is through suffering. If you read the lives of the saints, it becomes obvious that physical or psychological or emotional suffering seems to be a prerequisite for holiness. But just in case we find the thought of that too daunting, we should remember three things. One is that the Lord will never test us beyond what we can endure. The second is that when we accept the suffering that comes our way as part of the spiritual life, perhaps by offering it up for the salvation of someone else, God can use that to change us and to make us more receptive to his plan for our lives. The third is that God, as we read in Psalm 90, also brings joy to balance our affliction for the years when we knew misfortune. Although the saints suffered much, they also experienced great consolation in their relationship with the Lord. It's in personal prayer that God can touch us. The only thing that can come from God is love. And it's only by spending sufficient time before the Lord that we can allow him to change us into the man or woman that he wants us to be. There is a story about St. John Vianney, who was a parish priest in a rural parish in France in the early years of the 19th century. Every day when he entered the church building, he noticed an old man sitting there at the back in one of the pews. The old man was there for hours at a time. Eventually, after observing this for many days, the saint approached the old man and asked him what he was doing all day there at the back of the church. The old man replied, I just sit here looking at him and he looks at me. And that's exactly what personal prayer is. It's spending time with the Lord and meeting his gaze of love, allowing him to love you and returning that love to him. Jesus is not the ogre that the enemy suggests that he is. He loves us. He proved his love for us by dying for us on the cross. 
St. Ignatius of Loyola tells us that God is constantly trying to break into our lives with love. It's interesting that he uses the word break because what that implies is that each of us has a hard shell around us that is difficult to crack. And yet the whole purpose for which each of us was created is to find our true fulfilment in God. And the whole point of the journey to sainthood is to do our best to soften and breach the hard shell round us and allow God's love to flood into our souls. It's worth remembering that this is not our homeland. This life that we lead here on earth will one day come to an end. We don't know when that will be. What we do know is that it's inevitable that we will one day pass from this world to another destination. It would be wonderful if when we died we went straight to heaven. But the only people who are blessed with that outcome are people who have surrendered everything to God, who have allowed God to flood their lives, who have tried hard to lead a life of heroic virtue, a life of prayer and good works, and most of all who have offered their wounded lives to God for healing and who have held nothing back but instead offered everything to the Lord. God is calling us all the time into a deeper and deeper union with him. It was the reason we were created. It's the goal and purpose of our lives. Let's recommit ourselves to pursuing a life of holiness and allow God to change us, to mould us, to fill us with his divine presence. Let's pray. Lord, I know that I can find fulfilment only in you. I know that I am still holding on to things of the world that are false gods and rivals to your complete lordship over my life. Help me to surrender to you. Help me to return to you the love that you have lavished on me by making me your beloved child. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Amen. We finish this episode with a classical guitar piece by Francisco Taraga, Capriccio Arribe, played by Kyler McGillicuddy.
hope you have enjoyed this episode of Resurrection Life Podcast. Please tune in next time for more conversation, reflections, and Catholic culture. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to drop us a line to give us feedback or suggest future topics to feature, write us at podcast at corelancing.org. You can find the Church of the Resurrection online at corelancing.org. Thanks for listening, and God bless.